Let me tell you a secret. Don't tell my son Cormac. But uh, he got oh, a frog, a very beautiful frog, sort of like it's got the black and the green. I didn't even know frogs like that were in Amsterdam. And uh, so we have we have an aquarium that had all sorts of things in it, and uh, he repurposed that aquarium to put the frog in. It's very nice. He uh, he made, I you know I wouldn't call it a terrarium because the terrarium has water, but it was it was a fantastic habitat. It had some Lego adventurers, all sorts of things in it. Earlier today, uh, my wife, uh, as you may remember, Kim noticed that the frog was gone because we don't really have like the wire netting thing you would want on top of the uh, the fish tank. So, uh like a champ, she searched around trying to find the frog because the frog had escaped one other time and she just like luckily happened to find it and put it back in the tank. Today, no luck. Could not find the frog. So my son came home and I was recording another podcast where uh I was sa- actually saving this up for this podcast, but I just let it slip. You know how it goes, where I was complaining about my theory. <laughs> if you go look at this week's Pivotal Conversations, available at soundcloud.com slash Conversations, I finally cracked the nut. The problem with pizza in Europe is that they think pizza is a sandwich. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you oh. what's up with that. You need to go listen to the podcast. I explain it right off the bat. Anyways, I was recording a podcast, uh, and he came home, and you know I let him in. Uh, and, uh, and then I heard him kind of like being upset, maybe even crying a little bit. And I asked him what was wrong. And just like his dad, maybe sadly, he was like, Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And, uh, and then after the podcast recording, uh, you know, uh, I went down and he was like doing some sort of art project and it turned out he had found the frog, which was, uh, dried out mysteriously because it only disappeared like two days ago so i guess it was it was a frog in the in the sense that it needed to have water uh and the frog had died and he kind of got over his sadness which i had heard earlier and he made a little uh, casket out of paper and painted it and we dug a hole and he buried the frog and he got he collected some flowers now i didn't tell him at the time but he put the flowers uh underneath the dirt instead of on top of the dirt but whatever it's all very sweet everything was fantastic but my question to you two is when pets die how do you handle that situation? Mm. <laughs> that got heavy really fast. <laughs> um, well, I've only had uh, one dog die under the kid's watch. And mm. uh, he died at the vet. We had to have him euthanized. Um, and they cremated him and gave us the ashes. Yeah. So uh, we, we sprinkled them in the, uh, the woods behind our house. That's nice. Was that was that yeah. uh, was that back in Texas or Australia? Yeah, back in back in Texas, Australia. Our dog is uh, he's still kicking it. He's uh, one of the dumbest dogs in Australia, but you know he thinks he's uh, a local. So. Now, now is that was one of the which one of these was Loki? That was the the, the greyhound that died. The dead yeah. one. Hmm. Oh, poor yeah, Loki. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is the the free dog. <laughs> that I got in the States <laughs> about six months before we moved to Australia. Oh, that had to be uh, quarantined, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know. Most um, expensive free dog <laughs> in the world. All right. Now, I have I have a uh, follow-on footnote question to that, yes. Matt Ray. So, you rent your house, right? Over there in yep, uh, the yep. Sydney area. We rent our house. Now, now, how do you deal with the stress factor of this dog is fucking up this house? Like what? What? What do you do with that? Uh, he's actually a good dog. So, um, what's funny is like the the house we're renting now, due to uh, various, oh, let's just call them 
snafus. Um, mm. I, only, I only had 10 days to figure out if I was staying in Australia or moving back to the States. And oh, so yes. I had to find a place. <laughs> I had to find a place to live on fairly short notice because our lease was up. And so, we're, you know, we go into the search engine and, and find, you know, a place big enough for a family of five and a dog. And, you know, click the tick that says pets. Right. And so we go and we check. And out you have like places. one option. <laughs> well, no, no, no. We, we had like three or four options and uh you know we picked the best option and then when we go they're like uh well the dog has to stay in the yard Ooh. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like wait wait what part of pets did you not understand and so we're like pass and they're like wait no 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 this house has been on the market for you know three months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um how about here's how it, how about the dog um can stay in the garage too and like it's an outdoor garage <laughs> pass and then they're like all right all right the dog can go in the house but he can't go upstairs where there's carpeting and I'm like, oh this is like fine. no food upstairs eventually <laughs> yes. that just fucking disappears yeah yeah and so the dog is actually I, I i said he's not very smart but he's smart about that and so you know a few times he came upstairs but we're like no 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 your place is downstairs yeah and and it's actually a three-story house i'm on the in the ground floor of the basement um, he won't even come down these stairs. So uh, he only lives on one floor of our house, and he's cool with it. You know, That's I, I, I have to say, closing <laughs> out the footnote, I, I'm realizing that I have always envied and admired your relationship to, to pets, Matt Ray. You're basically like <laughs> – I, I, I think you have a very honest sort of like uh, thing going on with pets is like basically they're really dumb. And you just like you, you you sort of like like the uh, the adorableness of the goofiness of pets. Well, like like it's really stuck with me that you you can't anthropomorphize them because their brains really work differently. Mm. But at the same time, I talk to them all the time. Of course, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have like my wife's like, "Are you talking to me?" I'm like, "No, it's just me and the dog." Right? And the dog, you know, he's not talking back. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I talk to him all the time, and he gives me lots of blank stares. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, very exciting moment in his life. Uh, the kids were running late for school, so they didn't finish their eggs. I tossed them into his food bowl with his, his, his uh, food. He scarfed it down. But then he sat there sitting in his hindquarters staring at his bowl, or I shit you not, half an hour. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and he's just like, you know, he's sitting there. And I was like, in his mind, he's just reminiscing. He's like, if I wish hard enough, those eggs will come back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, he's smart enough not to go up the stairs, dumb enough to think the eggs are coming back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like it. That's good. That's that, that's like that's like I feel like that's the seventies. Like... <laughs> <laughs> The seventies. I don't know. Like, like, like you know, you 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 uh, uh, you watch these movies, and people seem to have it like, like, like they're just uh, they're just sort of getting through the decade. Like you, you, I, I've been reading, uh, you know, the one of my what I thought was one of my favorite Hunter Thompson books, The Great Shark Hunt. Unfortunately, like the middle third of that book is like his coverage of like uh, Nixon in the uh, the mm. early seventies. So boring. I don't I don't I I do not remember how like 10 15 whatever years ago whenever I read it how I got through that but oh my god it is just like the most boring thing ever it's very disappointing I mean you can read it from a meta level and see like how he applied his style and the way that he did his work to like a topic 
But uh, man, that topic is not interesting. So anyhow, Brandon, have you ever had to deal with uh, dead pets? You know, not really, not so much. I think, luckily, the dogs I've uh, had are, you know, in the family, I've like moved away or not been around when they've uh, passed on. But I do, you know, it's back to the, the kids' conversation. Like, you know, what you said earlier, like, stri- strikes me is that, like, you know, my son, I don't know, as just boys in general, it like, doesn't show a lot of emotion. Like, when we've talked about death or, like, had, like, people in the family or, some, you know, tried to explain that someone has died, he's really, you know, at least outwardly, doesn't you know doesn't really phase him some of that i think is age he's getting older now so maybe it makes more sense but mm. um he tend although my wife always cautions me he's just he's like internalizing it he just doesn't he's just oh, avoiding man, you it. don't and want I, that and then uh and then i'm just like <laughs> well i mean i'm like i don't know it seems seems normal to me like i don't know like what else do you um so i so i don't know i don't i don't really don't know how to handle it i mean i i do think i've always tried to just like treat not not treat a children like a dog but tell the truth right the dog you know what yeah, i mean just yeah. say like this happened there are consequences we can be sad not yeah. um not spend a lot of time like avoiding it or trying to come up with something like the dog went to you know the farm far away it's like yeah, no no yeah. try to try to tell that that part i i feel is really helpful but i i, I think I that's know. the right check move. it in five years let me say in five years <laughs> i'll tell you if this is working out or not yeah, I be, be, because I, I I think I think my memories are well I shouldn't say all of my memories but I think I think when I was a kid I uh, I valued that and and as with any relationship if you're sort of like straightforward and truthful that builds uh, ongoing trust and it's sort of like yeah that's a good idea just to be honest about it now that said every now and then there's uh, I guess you got lies white lies and let's call them parent lies sometimes you got to have parent <laughs> lies just sort of like just like you're not ready for this yet so i'm just not yeah. going to tell you about it but but that's good hmm. all right yeah but, but even when i'm telling parent lies sometimes i'll tell the kids like look this is this is where i'm talking <laughs> you know it's like i'm going to stop right here <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're like hey can you tell us about when the you know when the vet euthanized the dog it's like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's it sucked I, I guess I guess maybe that is there probably are one to fifty like situations that you tell a parent lie. One of them is that if the parents actually are sad and it affects them, definitely do not tell the kids. You don't you don't want to uh, you don't want to expose them to that. That's that's uh, that's no good. Well, you know they, they need to know that parents have feelings too, though. Mm. Uh, well, what well, you don't want to expose them yeah. to is like you know nihilism. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, well, as someone who who is uh, frequently called himself the optimistic nihilist, I gotta I gotta go back and think about that. That's 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 a good point. Well, you know, you, if there's one thing you don't want to tell you lies, it's your infrastructure. You're out there running your stuff. You want uh, just just like a good uh, sort of servant. You want it one to do things before you anticipate what it is you want. And two, to be straight up honest with you so you can fix any problems. But what is something that you might depend on if you wanted to make sure that, like, uh, you knew exactly what was happening so you could prosper and be happy? Well, one of those things you never want to lie is, is your log files. And I want you guys to know that this episode is sponsored by SolarWinds and one of their web APM tools, Logly. When there's a service disruption, seconds matter. Don't waste time looking for logs or combine combing through endless screens of events. Let Logly aggregate, manage, and summarize your log data so you quickly spot issues, jump to the relevant event messages, and identify the root cause. Logly streamlines troubleshooting with fast, interactive search capabilities over massive log volumes, even across long periods of time. 
The powerful analytics allow you to visualize your log data and spot trends and anomalies before there is an issue. With Logly, you can spend less time troubleshooting and more time innovating. It's scalable, cloud-based log management that won't break the bank. Learn more or try it for free for 14 days. Just go to logly.com slash SDT. You spell that L-O-G-G-L-Y dot com slash SDT. And if it logs, it can log to Logly. Really like to thank our friends at SolarWinds for being such a great sponsor. Wow, that's a good phrase. If it logs, it can log to Logly. Whoever came up with that gets a gold star. I like that. I like They're in. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. get the copywriters at SolarWinds. No. Little kudos. Good work by them. Well, if I can slip in my own ad. So uh, the O'Reilly people are very excited about, well, one person, about publishing my collection of columns about DevOps from the register. And then it just didn't work out. So I went over to the uh, the Lean Pub and published it on my own. Now, I still need to do some uh, lots of redlining I've done to my text. I still need to edit it. But if you're interested, if, if you like my uh, inane prattle and uh, optimistic nihilism, you should go to leanpub.com slash digital WTF. Yes, that is what the fuck. And uh, you can buy a copy of my book. And, uh, you know, that would be great. Right, currently, get this, I have sold is a loose word because some of the copies are free. But I have sold 18 copies. So oh. next, next week, let's get up to 20. That is my challenge to you, the listener. I, I, I'm I'm one of your 18. So, nice. <laughs> all right. So we're we're already 50 uh, percent successful, which is better. That's uh, that's a lot more than zero. Yep. So I like that. So you should go to leanpub.com/slash/digitalwtf and uh, enjoy. It's uh, yeah. I, I put I put a lot of good work into that, and it's uh, it's fun. I've been I've been reading through them to like correct the weird British spellings. You know, they, apparently Z doesn't exist over there in the the United Kingdom. I'm not sure about the rest of the Commonwealth. I don't know how they spell it out there. But it's uh, called Z. Z. Yes, Z's <laughs> dead to those people apparently. Uh, anyway, so I've been correcting that, but like I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little egotistical, but wow, that's pretty good writing in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Anyhow, so uh so there was there was uh was it this week or last week that Microsoft build happened? Monday. Uh, it was yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah. It's been a long week. Yeah, I I, I don't know happened today. There must have been some cliff for like paying for conference venues and hotels cuz I think there was three conferences, right? You had Microsoft yeah. build, Google IO, and uh Red Hat Summit. Like mm-hmm. like all in this period of time, which is crazy. That th- yep. those are three highly related things that uh, were shooting off at the same time. Like the only thing better would be that if like uh, AWS reInvent had been at the same time, and then it would just have been like a well, quadruple crown or something. Yeah, yeah. And 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 last week was we didn't really talk about it, but last week was DockerCon. Oh, uh, you know, and the AWS Summit Australia. Yeah, or Sydney. Yeah, banner <laughs> event. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. I apologize. Like, I actually, like, uh, that's, I, I think it's really nice that Amazon has these regional events. That actually well, they is, have, uh, like, 50 like of that. them. Yeah. yeah. Who was the uh, keynoter from AWS? Like, what level of person do you get from uh, oh, Amazon? Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, he's a big, he's all right, a big all right. open we, source guy. I, how was that? Give, give me, what, what's that guy up to? Uh, you know, it was, it was, uh, well, I think what was kind of funny was, um, they actually had three summits at the same time. 
Mm. Um, I think it was like like Sydney. Yeah, it was like Sydney, Bangalore, and somewhere else. And the keynotes overlapped. Oof. Uh, And and so I think, uh, or or maybe the, maybe, I I don't know, you know, uh, 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 Quinn, uh, the guy who does the screaming in the cloud and the AWS newsletter, um, Quinny Pig on Twitter, um, he was live tweeting all three at the same time. Mm. (laughs) And and they hit all the same bullet points. Uh, So, you know, the speakers are semi-interchangeable because you know they, they've got a script they've got highlights things they got to talk about but uh oh, sure you know it, it was good they 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 kind of went long on the uh ai and machine learning um oh, or you know the, the same thing and um they talked a lot about the the race cars which you know are fun but uh you know not exactly enterprise software um so uh and, and then you know the uh the the expo like where they have all the booths was nuts um there were a lot of them but uh they were very expensive uh even for a regional event so uh, it's kind of like huh um you got you so, got a price you can share there uh out of my price range mm. let's just you know, <laughs> yeah and, and 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 you know having having like dealt with you know on on the vendor side dealing with conferences like you you you're doing this math this you know, calculation of like, well, how good are the leads? How many am I going to get? Yeah, how many yeah. people am I going to be in front of? And are they really there to see me? And, you know, for the price, like AWS, it was decided, the AWS Summit was decided not. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm guessing, I'm, I'm guessing twenty to $50,000 for a booth. Is that, yes. is that, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, what yeah, do you got? And, what, what do you got? You got the uh, Australian government, Telstra, and maybe three banks, right? <laughs> Uh, well, four banks, uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there's a, there's a fair amount of enterprise in Australia. I guess, but I guess, I guess there's mining. Do mining people buy a lot of, well, they would buy a lot of your stuff, but like there's, there's shit tons of mining in Australia, right? And they, yeah, must... that's, yeah, that's kind of the number one industry. Um, yeah. and, and kind of runs the current government, but uh, and, no, and there's then, yeah. on the 18th. Uh, oh, all right. All right. <laughs> and, and, but, and but, mining, mining needs some like edge computing. I would imagine, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 I'm sure, uh, I'm sure so they're, they're snowmobiles, snow, yeah. yeah. All kinds of, uh, on-premise stuff. I like it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so not exactly like, you know, uh, a good, uh, event for us, but, uh, you know, I dropped in just to see what was what, cause you know, tickets are free. Yeah. Um, so, and that's the other, you know, thing, if, if you're giving away free tickets, it means the people who come aren't really on the hook for much engagement. Right. Mm. So you're willing to shell out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for a booth. And these other people are just kind of looking for free T-shirts. Here's Um, here's my from being on this kind of like vendor uh, conference thing. My tip, my pro tip is like you got to charge 50 to 100 dollars. You can't give away a free pass. Like like otherwise, like you're saying, you're just going to get like people who want like some USB drives or whatever. Right. And so like you have to have some sort of gate to have people express their interest. And, you know, you can, you can totally have some discount coupon for your prospects and customers, but yep. on the face of it, you got to like filter out the looky lose as they used to say. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, what, what actually tends to work best, uh, at least for us is, is, you know, smaller conferences that are more focused where, you know, people are probably paying to get in, but things like uh, DevOps days, DevOps talks, you know, those yeah. sorts of conferences. Yeah. yeah. That makes um, sense. And they, and they don't break the bank, and you can do more than one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but DockerCon was last week, and uh, 
you know, uh, they announced uh, Docker Enterprise 3, uh, which, you know, that's all very exciting. Uh, and then uh, this week, uh, the CEO turned around and stepped down. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like right after, like the day after DockerCon ends, he, he resigns. That was uh, fantastic. Now, Brandon, <laughs> your policy on executives, executives leaving is what? Uh, well, they're always going to go spend more time with their family, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's like the number one thing. And, you know, but I do think, you know, Kote, I, I thought like I was looking for the episode we did, uh, it was a members only. I think we did a whole kind of talk about Docker, uh, right after DockerCon, right when this new CEO came in, we were talking about the transition to becoming an enterprise. I think he yep, came from yep. SAP or concur. And so I, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, a lot of our conversation, um, you know, from there, it was, I don't know, it'd be interesting for some of the listeners to go back and listen to it. We'll dig it up and put a link in there to see if, you know, we were right or wrong. But, you know, I I did think the only part of it, the things I thought were interesting is one, he's staying on, at least for the moment, as the chairman of the board. So that's, that means that like, there was like, it's, it wasn't like you've done something wrong, you're out. They clearly want him around, at least for some period of time. I didn't like the quote, like, Something along the lines of he was tired of working 75 hours a week and mm. um, was ready to hide. It's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he was working that much. I'm not saying he was tired of working. But I think I think the other way to say that is that when he probably took over Docker, he's like, I got the next VMware underneath me. There's going to be a $50 billion company. And I think clearly the market has shifted and that kind of exit for Docker seems very unlikely. Yeah, and I think yeah. that – and. And if they just come out and said, hey, we think we're going to adopt some new strategy, the company has some different goals, we're bringing in uh, a leader that sort of has a, a kind of a different background in open source, less enterprise, um, you know, and maybe positioning it for an acquisition, like I would have been like, yep, that sounds, that sounds, <laughs> you know, very realistic to me. The, I've been working a long time and I need time off, you know, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was that, less. I, I don't know. I just didn't like it. I, that, like, that, I think that, you did sign up for that. That 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 is a good thing to notice because I remember reading that, and there was some glimmer in my mind to mix metaphors of that is. I don't think I've ever read that before. That is a interesting. I mean, you hear you hear people who like Twitter resign, as it were, and they're sort of like, "Ah, uh, I gotta go." Like I'm burned out, basically, is what they say to summarize it in all mm-hmm. sorts of ways. But that the precision of like that number and putting that in the official like rhetoric and uh, whatnot is that actually is very that doesn't happen very much where someone is like this shit's tiring, right? Like, yeah. Which is and and I I'm not mentioning that as as far as like some sort of analysis or judgment on it. Like, it really it's it's just um, remarkable as it were. I I don't know what to do with it, but it. Yeah, it's kind of honest, and and uh, I don't know. It's it is it is odd, but but I think I, it's 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 honest to a point. Like I don't think it's talking about the other part of it. Like mm. like I think if you were to finish sentence, like I'm willing to work 75 hours a week if there's to make some several billions of dollars, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And I signed up for that. Now that it looks less and less likely that I'm going to get billions of dollars i'm not willing to work as hard like i don't even think that's a negative statement i'm just like i, I we all relate to that we're all like yeah makes yeah. sense but just the idea of like 
ah, this isn't what I was signed up for. I wasn't so sure about it. It's like, that didn't, you know, that doesn't seem, like, you don't even have to say anything. You just, I just think you say like, hey, I've decided it's a change of leadership. The company's going in a different direction and just leave it at that. Like, you don't even have to explain that you're going to talk to your family or yeah. tired. Like, yeah. that's not required here, right? It's not like you're a uh, a character we've all come to love on Games of Thrones and we, you know, we want to see you go. <laughs> it's like, I get it. Like, you've, things have changed. You're decided, to, you'll probably go get another job in a few years doing something else that has bigger ambitions. Like, get it. Just, just say that and move on. Don't, you know, oh, well, I'm yeah, sure a lot yeah. of people so, at Docker so, are working extremely hard all the time. And they're not so, 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 one, I checked the time coding. It took us 23 minutes to mention Game of Thrones. I think that's pretty good. Like, we lasted a long time. And, uh, yeah, so, two, to be the David Plotz of this podcast. Let me put that hat on. So, yeah. is Docker done? Are, like, are they basically finished? Are they the uh, uh, the cloud scaling or like the cloud.com or the uh, the go grid or whatever, or the joint of sort of this, the container space? Or do they have more life? I, I think they, they have more life, but it's not as a, uh, you know, as an Uber billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, then they're, they're, the multiple is, is probably uh, gone. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they're doing well. They're, they're just not going to get, you know, I'm sure there are probably early investors who are like, you know, oh, I'm only going to get, you know, 2x or 4x on my return. I'm not going to get 50x or, you know, something like yeah. that. But yeah, yeah I think yeah. the dream of being the VMware of this generation, you know, or this uh, technology cycle, I think that is over. I definitely think to channel a little Adam Jacob here, right, would be Docker, the community, the brand, the trademark. I think that has a lot of value. I think yeah. you can think immediately of several companies that it would make sense at a like you know at a more realistic value valuation you know um, where they get snapped up and that that community you know kind of goes in there and then that company sort of like you know gets a little halo effect um, you know with you know I think you can think of all the major cloud vendors and several other enterprise vendors that would make sense to like you know try to like use that as like a, a way to break into cloud in a bigger way so that all makes sense and I think that's sort of like bringing in. Uh, I forgot the name there, but like the previous CEO, like he has sold a couple companies. They had like an open, he seemed to have more open source kind of community kind of experience. From, so yeah, Hortonworks. Uh, yeah, Hortonworks. And then before and that, Spring he, Source. He, and, yeah. yeah. So he's like, he clearly has this background of like, I think his pitch would be something like, I'm going to help build up the community. I'm going to continue to make money and we're kind of reset the company's expectations. Let's get it all ready to go. And then have a, strategic acquirer comes in will be ready to sell and you know i'm not saying they can't do things independently but that seems like the most natural end to this um mm. which would be a fine end i think that would be like a good end right i don't think they, they could be happy about that mm. oh yeah he was the coo of spring source i wonder what he did that did, did uh did neilan take over from him or did he take over after neilan i wonder what his because uh, you know that neilan guy who was a coo he he's a he's a smooth operator. He knows how to run stuff. So so uh so 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 let's do this quick analysis then we'll move on to like build and other stuff. So what are the if if you're taking an acquisition mindset to Docker, what are the assets you're looking at? Like we mentioned the community. So yep. so, so let's start with that. So how do you you got a spreadsheet in front of you, your row like D3, right? What how do you figure <laughs> out what numeric figure to put in row d3 for community oh man there's there's some sort of like time over distance in there because that that value is is decreasing i mean uh, mm. you know red hat red hat 8 shipped this week uh you know that's that's some places that's a big deal uh they didn't ship with docker they shipped with their replacement for it yeah right yeah. um and so it's like 
Ooh, that's just you know um, that kind of crosses uh, Red Hat and IBM off the off the list of potential <laughs> landing zones. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like the 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 torch has kind of passed from from Docker to Kubernetes. Um, and so now, if you're looking at Docker as an acquisition, it's like, well, they've got a nice Kubernetes distro. Um, you know, they've got good tooling around that. Who who would need that? You know, who doesn't yeah, have that yeah. already? Yeah, and I think they, it's more the brand. I think the brand yeah. and the like. I would do something if I was you know in charge with it. And it depends. Like, am I on the buy side or the sell side? Like, which which am I trying to do? But I'm trying to make it. I'm, look, I'm the buy side here. So so you're okay, like so, so if like, I'm trying to sell it to you, you're I, the one acquiring start, Docker. I, I well, I start something with like you know number uh you know like just kind of like number of people in the community, right? You know, sort of like active users, um, you know, people committing mm-hmm. to any of the open source projects, like attendance at the various shows, um, you know, kind of like all of that together. Because all of that to me is a way to quantify the brand. Even today, yep. like I know everything Matt Ray, has, of course, said is correct. But even today, we'll be on the phone. Like I have said this many times. People will be like, you mean like Docker? I'll be like, no, like Docker, Docker. Meaning like, oh, I didn't mean that. I meant the company or I meant the container. Like right. there is still like a, huge like people use that word to like almost like xerox right so the like there's a huge value in that right and then i think on the technology side this is where i think you'd have to do that portfolio analysis of like where where are you at with your own kubernetes and your own distribution um and clearly bringing in some talent to like help you um, you know, make your distribution better or make that, that would all make a lot of sense too. So I think, you know, the, it's, it's a combination of that, like that community, the brand. And then I don't know if you're going to so much take the product as is, as you are looking at, like, this is going to be the basis to make my Kubernetes distribution better. Um, and I think, you know, you come up with some number that way. Yeah. I mean, whoever takes them, it, it, it's not, it, it's, it's not like, it's not going to be this, you know, catching the tiger by the tail as it, you know, as it's your, you know, you're not on this, you know, multi-billion-dollar rocket anymore. Now it's like we're we're in this, you know, hand-to-hand fighting for enterprise next generation, right? And mm. and that that fighting, you know, Kote can tell you who the competitors are. It's you know, it, it's for for Docker, it's Red Hat and, and Pivotal and you know, VMware, uh, and you know, the public clouds and it's a comp, you know, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of vendors yeah, in the yeah. space as, as, and, and you as, have to have people who can explain it. As we used so to say, when I, problem. as we used to yeah. say when I did M and a, uh, and, I'm now realizing when we use this phrase, what we meant was like, forget about that fucking dream of, of acquiring this company <laughs> was uh, competition is fierce. Right. Like yeah. it, it's just sort of like, mm, that's going to be tough. But so so here, here here here's my take is I think there is. I cannot think of a acquisition where community was became was utilized as an asset. And there may be some. Right. But let, let, let me reel off uh, the two main ones I'm thinking of. Well, there's three. So Citrix bought Zen, and I'm not sure that worked out, right? And uh, I guess Red Hat bought JBoss. That worked out pretty well. Uh, and then, and it and it had the, the the new Docker guy, the new Docker CEO was a, mm. he was the COO of of JBoss. Yeah, yeah. Well, what and, about and, I mean, and, and then IBM, and then you IBM have Red Hat. 
I, that, well, well, we is that t- t- history has yet to tell that one. I mean, right. that looks cool, right? As, well, like, as why a, are they? I guess. Do you think when uh, when they went through the deck, like how much of it was financially driven mm. versus no, no, like I, oh, I, we want to own this community? I, th- I think cell D three was pretty good on that one. Like, like, <laughs> like it's it it is good now. Uh, Java, like, what is the community value of Java? Right, like it's very difficult to tell. Like Java is, <laughs> Java is lowercase v valuable, extremely valuable. Right, like, but as far as like an acquisition target where you're gonna pay like a uh, three to ten x, you know, multiple, I don't know. It's hard to make that case. And well, what then, would you acquire? Yeah, yeah. No, this is my point. And then uh, MySQL, mm, I don't know. Like ultimately. I would have to I would have to know like how much money Oracle makes off of it and how that affected the uh, the Oracle acquisition price after IBM like took a pass on it. But but like, but, but, but Sun did it first, right? So right, Sun right, right. thought that there was value there, and Oracle they probably were like, oh, my sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you know maybe there are other things like clearly there are other assets in the past five to six years where I haven't really been paying attention that you could go over, but like the value of community, like. We need a uh, Stephen O'Grady and a, a James Governor and, and the whole Redmond crew here to like sort of like debate the value of community. But it is like that's a tough thing to like rely a uh, a business case on uh, for for something. On the other hand, so so getting on to sell, let's call it uh, D four. Uh, so <laughs> so as far as ubiquity and sort of like. It's used everywhere. Like Docker is almost synonymous with like the way that you containerize things. Like it is, it's the uh, it's the Kleenex of virtualization nowadays, right? Like it's 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 the thing. Like what value do you place on that? Don't know, because <laughs> you have to be able to turn around and sell something, right? It's like communities are great, but the reason you have a community is because you know they're either making the product better so you can sell it to people or they're people you can sell to (laughs) yeah well but i also think brand right i mean i guess you know you can i guess we can debate like it's kind of back to that adam jacob conversation like it's brand versus community for like like what are you really getting but you know if you're like any one of the cloud vendors right like like take let's just pick google as an example it's like okay we want to grow our cloud business significantly Okay. And like, yeah, they could say, absolutely. We have all the functionality of Docker. We don't need it. It's fine. We're just going to go win all that business. But on day one of buying it, right? Like one, you have the brand, everyone's going to write about it, right? It's going to like seem like, wow, Google's making a move here, right? It's just going to like put another uh, kind of feather in their cap, like they're doing stuff in cloud. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. they're going to get a bunch of people that work at Docker. They're going to say, hey, don't just sell Docker, right? Don't just sell Docker Swarm. We want you to go sell the Google Cloud, right? And we want you to go call on all the customers that you were talking to, and let's get every one of these guys on the Google Cloud, right? GCP, mm-hmm. as quick as possible. And I think, like, if you think of it this way, like, especially the three major cloud vendors, I mean, it's an absolute land grab. Like, what, how, because, like, I'm going to amortize this over the next 15 years. Like, everybody I get in my cloud in the next year it's gonna. I'm thinking they're gonna be here ten years, right? So right. cost of acquisition can be big, but like it's fine because right now when I get them, they're gonna stay for a long time. So if you look at it that way, it's like we get the brand. We're gonna try to convert every single Docker customer into Google Cloud, and then we're gonna use their Salesforce. We're gonna arm them with our story, 
and we're going to go out and try to get as many of these customers as humanly possible. Yeah. And, you know, fine. In three years, if Docker's sort of end of life or, you know, the brand's retired, it still did its job. You know, it like yeah. it helped us legitimize ourselves one step forward. Yeah, that, well, that's, and that's a solid case right there. I like that. that. That's that's a, yeah, that's a that's a very solid case. And, and, and if you think about the, the three clouds, like the people who, you know, Microsoft's executing on that with with Docker. I mean, with that GitHub. <laughs> right. It's like they took something that everybody uses and now they're like, you know, slowly turning the cranks where like all we got to do is introduce these GitHub people to free Azure credits and, you know, ching, you know, and that's probably they could look at Docker and say, think about the Rolodex. We could take that and roll it in and, you know, it pays for itself in 10 years. And, you know, supposedly they kicked the tires on Docker and, and the price was too high, but Maybe it's lower now. I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, I think that that's and, the other point of this is like clearly the price is going down. I mean, I think so. It's just a question of like when is uh, because like or go back to the Oracle Sun acquisition, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I think the acquisition was done for eight, but then you take out like the money Sun had, it was like done for six. So you got MySQL, you got Java, you got Spark, you got Solaris. I mean, I was like, that's a good deal. I mean, when you go through all the stuff, it's like a good deal, right? And so yeah. and I don't think Docker is like going to kind of like get that depressed, right? Unless some kind of uh, economic downturn or something like that happens. But there's a number, right? I used to say this all the time, like, especially when I was at Sun when this was happening. It's like, there's just a number, the, all the MBA, the, the investment bankers, they have in the spreadsheet. They just plug it in, right? They're just like, when this number gets to this level, yeah. We make the call, right? And there's a number for Docker. It's sitting there. I don't know what well, it is, but and you somebody's got a model. Tell, yeah, you could probably tell Docker that that's a number. It's like, look, you guys, when you get back to this number, you call us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, to, to slightly transition out of this uh, yes. in, into something else. I, I we might know more. That's right. I, I, I have a slight sort of like uh, note to add. Uh, so so uh, I saw like, you know, the Jedi thing for the uh, Department of Defense cloud thing. It seems it was trying to close out on basically between AWS and Azure. I don't know if they chose between the two, but I saw that like, uh, you know, basically Oracle still like fuck that shit. Right. Like and if you followed Oracle and uh, uh, for a while, there's like this this company called Remy Street, which will basically sell you the equivalent of unbreakable Linux when it comes to support for Oracle. Like they'll support your Oracle stuff and, uh, you know, you don't have to pay Oracle. But Oracle seems to have this like grudge against the Jedi thing. And I have to imagine because they're still pursuing this thing, they're basically just like, you know, spend whatever money it takes and whatever effort it takes to really just like get up in Amazon's grill about the Jedi thing, uh, which which I think, you know, that's an interesting. Every, everyone has something weird to say about Oracle, but I think that is a very defining characteristic that says a lot about that company is they are tenacious when it comes to getting what they think is theirs, which, yeah. you know, again, that's fine. That's the way they are. Well, but but it is a very yeah. like defining thing of their character still. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, essentially that, that Jedi contract is immense and if they can carve out some piece of it, you know, it doesn't ha all have to go to one vendor is, is their yeah. angle. And, uh, yeah, you keep being that drum and maybe, you know, it, it's like having, you know, a quarter of a lottery ticket. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's like we talked about, I think, Matt, right in a couple episodes, I think we said, talked about a little bit. We said something like, you know, I think it's a $10 billion contract, but for every cloud vendor that other than AWS, uh, it's so legitimizing 
in the cloud space, right? That it's worth so much more to that. Yeah, speaking you know, of anybody, brand, right? It's it's yeah, a deal I mean, that has you brand can say, value. I am. I won the ten billion dollar Jedi contract. You are now like you know if we're doing Gardner Magic Quadrant, like we're just gonna put you right away leaders quadrant minimum third, right? Because that's just gonna be because you're gonna walk in and be like, hey, we're the the world's biggest private cloud for the most secure, um, sensitive information in the world, and you know, and we're gonna be doing this for the next fifty years. So that's why I think when Oracle's there, I mean, they they know it, right? That that makes. That makes an entire public cloud that one deal. So that's why it's so important. Mm, makes so, sense. so why, you know, why, why aren't we seeing other vendors fighting as hard? Well, I think a lot of it happens behind the scenes. I think maybe yeah. Oracle, and I also think Oracle is just the one people because to what Coach was saying before, their brand is sort of like the tenacious fighter. Whereas I think other, and so it's just a good like if you're writing a story, you just grab that name versus like it's probably less interesting to write about <laughs> yeah, IBM and, and, or yeah. uh, you know, like is sort of like I think the perception of IBM is is sort of like sleepy. Right. And then the perception of Oracle is like aggressive. Right? And uh, I don't know. What do you think? When you think I just think people like cordial. IBM's like cordial. Right. It's like, yeah, I, I think I think, right I think that is I think that is spot on. IBM basically is like, hey, this would be fantastic. But we got our own shit to sort out at the moment. Right. Like yeah. we, don't, we don't have time for this shit. Right. Like as as they used to say, ain't nobody got time for that. And uh, and, and then I think the other the other contender, Google, uh, I mean, I don't well, know. They at backed le- out. No, they at, backed out. Yeah, own, exactly. Right? At least, at least Did from they? what I, at least from yeah. what I've read, I think they're yeah. basically like, this is not compatible with our culture. Basically, <laughs> killing people. Uh, so we're not going to do that. And I think this was one of the rumors that, like, one of the reasons Diane Green was like rumored to have stepped away it was like she felt like they had to be doing these kinds oh, of deals. That's good. And, I like that. And um, you know, they they didn't you know so. So there's sort of that. Mm. I think it's like there's several things like that where, you know, where I think she felt like they need to be in the deals. Same thing. with I can't remember what it was called. There's like a an AI project in the government. Same kind of thing. And, and I think something she felt like Homeland Security. Or- yeah, yeah. Something. She's like, we got to be involved in this. And, you know, there, again, there was kind of the backlash. So as as, as, um, as I think I've mentioned a few times that one of my anti strategy patterns is what you don't like money like, like that. <laughs> that actually uh, drives a lot of problems. So, so speaking of the number two contender, well, I don't know if the number two, one of the two contenders for the Jedi contract. No, it is. Contract. It's AWS Azure. It's just yeah. those two at this point. So, so what are what are y'all's highlights from the uh, the Microsoft Build conference? The most important uh, thing. I, I want to just I want to get into it right away because like there's a lot of futuristic stuff. The thing that I'm most excited about the new browser Microsoft Edge. You know what they built into it? An IE tab. So that when you have, they even kind of referenced it. When you have to go to some crazy legacy site to do an expense report, some inventory system, you can just right click, open an IE. It sits right there, and you can uh, it'll emulate you know your 1995 Internet Explorer wow. browser, so that, so that you can do some some weird thing they have to do for your job or some mm. old website that never got up. So I was like, this is great. This I, li- is, I like, like that. Hey, I That's like that. great product management. Th- so this is this habit. is to 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 throw my own name on this. This is the enterprise enterprises fuck tab, right? Like yes. just like <laughs> we got you yes. handled. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I part of me is like though you know in ten years it's still going to be there, mm. and 
and, and and it gives people an excuse to still not kill off IE, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, why, why don't you just use uh, the, you know, the 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 you know, why don't you use Microsoft's browser in a browser? Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're killing me, right? Me, meanwhile, look, look, the, look, I don't want to bounce away from build. Let's return to that. But to go to <laughs> Google I/O, what's up? Did they just invent a new HTML tag with this portal thing? Did that I know, did that happen? Right? Yes, they did. Oh, uh, they're, my God. They're, yes. So um, we got to come back to build. But the portal thing is like... It's the new iframe. And I mean it. it, just it like, that comes across. But, That's but, exactly uh, what hold, it's hold, be. Hold, on, hold on. Let me get this on tape, as it were. That only works in Chrome, right? Right. Uh, right. Because they, oh they, 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 haven't, they haven't put it through the standards bodies. And, you know, the other browsers are kind of like, well, we'll wait. Yeah, we'll we'll wait on this one. But is that I, part I, of, I mean, this this, this is like uh, what what is this a fucking marquee tag? What's going on here? You can't just do that. <laughs> but will it be Matt? Will it be uh, will it be in the open source Chromium project? Chromium. Oh project? yeah, yeah, is yeah. That... I mean, they're not like you know obfuscating the the you uh-huh. know how it's implemented. They're just saying like, hey, here's the new thing we'd like to add to HTML. Boom, it's supported, and you know, nightly builds a Chrome. And therefore, Chromium and, you know, Ice Weasel and, you know, five or maybe not Ice Weasel, but, you know, a couple other variants. And because we've got, what is it, 60% browser market share or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, we, we think we can pull this off. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, why not just push it a little farther, faster through the standards bodies and, you know. I don't know. Um, but well, I think we got to give useful. credit to, to the Google guys. Like 10 years, I don't know when it came. When Chrome first came out, I was like, why do we need another web browser? But they, because yeah. not only Chrome, because Chromium is now, you know, that was a big deal they made at Build, right? Was that Edge is built on Chromium. And then, of course, uh, Safari, the Microsoft, or the, the Mac browser, Apple browser has, I think it was like WebKit, which was sort of like, you know, the fork of, I guess, WebKit yeah, was yeah. forked to become Chromium. So it's really like, I mean, in a sense, Google has has taken over the standards yeah, of the web. The fact that like they've added this, ta- this uh, tag, it will probably be available in other yeah. Chromium-based browsers just because it'll be easy. I, and I, then, I, I, I mean, to close, to close this out, I agree completely. It's just like, give me a few more years, right? Like, like you, you, you can't just like do this. <laughs> I'm still still trying to learn how to code iframes. Come yeah, on. yeah. Let's <laughs> let, let's just like you can't you can't be the IE of the 2020s. Like just yeah. just oh. just slow your roll, man. Like like you you can totally do that, but like give us some time. Like well, at least be. in at, 10 at, years, Edge is going to add a Chromium tab. At, at, at oh, least oh, wait no. till the portal, portal tag. It's going to be great. At least wait till like Tim Barners Lee dies, and then you can pull that kind of <laughs> shit, right? Like have some respect. Anyhow. Uh, so so yes. so so back to build. What back what else build. is going on there in the build Linux. land? Linux. That's oh, a yeah. bad thing. Yeah, go for uh, it. Well, so they've got the the uh, WSL, the Linux uh, Windows subsystem for Linux, and uh, you know it's been pretty popular um, in, in in some crowds. And uh, you know you can you can have different flavors of Linux on top of your Windows, and it's had like this shim trans you know translation layer where it translates the linux stuff to the the windows kernel and now they're like you know well why don't we just put a a a linux kernel on a hypervisor and it'll speed things up and we'll do that instead so that's that's what they announced windows is going to be shipping a linux kernel so so explain Uh, that to me some more what what is this (laughs) what does this mean is it is that a unikernel like what what is going on it, it, it so they're you know with 
with Hyper-V embedded into the OS, um, they're making it easier easier to run additional operating systems on top of your operating system. Mm. And and so rather than have this translation layer that, that turns Linux commands into Windows commands, they're saying, well, why don't we just put Linux on Linux and you know, expose your file system to that Linux kernel. What, what, it, what does that mean, Matt, Ray? <laughs> I think it just means this. It means it is a faster implementation of the Linux yes. kernel using a hypervisor than doing a shim translation layer. But you still get to, when you get to the bottom of this, right? Because I think there's a lot of misleading stuff uh, in the press. It's like, there's, it is still a hypervisor. It isn't like mm, okay. Windows has its own kernel that's now Linux as well. It's like, no, right. they're running a hypervisor at the bottom of this. Because that would be like the next announcement. The next announcement well, the, the, would be like yeah. the kernel. And then you'd be like, well, what is the difference? That means Windows is just Linux. You know, it's like that part, you just get to the point where you're like, it is now just Linux. Well, but yeah, the, there's a the, hypervisor there. Yeah, the, the next announcement, you know, check back in like probably two years is, oh, now there's like, you know, five kernels running on top of this hypervisor, including like, you know, three Windows kernels and an IE kernel, right? Ah. And, and and they're all managing different things that are sandboxed from each other. And, oh, the API is probably Kubernetes. Yeah, that, that's my uh, <laughs> that's my my forecast for the future is, you know, your your operating system becomes hypervisors that are or becomes a hypervisor that you know breaks apart your os into various sandboxes mm. and and this isn't like a crazy idea because this is where uh the zen guys have been going and some of the mobile stuff like they have zen on cars right and so some of those car uh os's have different you know kernels running different parts of the car os so if they fail they don't take everything down right and why not oh, do right. that with a desktop desktop Linux and and the security angle? Uh, oh God, I can not remember the name of the startup, but there there are a couple people who have gone down this path. So it's kind of crazy that you know Linux on the desktop <clears throat> is being shipped by Microsoft first, <laughs> or you know they're going to have the highest penetration with it. But uh, there there you go. Wait, but it is. You know, what what are you, th- you about- thinking of? Like uh, Boundary. Is that the uh, the weird VM security thing from the uh, the Zen guy? I forget. I don't remember the name of it, but but yeah, there there are a couple different ones, and um, there was a I can't I can't remember the startup. It's just on the tip of my tongue, but uh, where essentially they're just sandboxing everything. What what, you know, what every. Let, let let me interrupt Brandon's question as I for a second time. <laughs> but so what what y'all are saying is uh, vSphere. Microsoft's equivalent to vSphere is built into Windows, and there's just, like, a more performant way to run Linux VMs. I think it would technically be Hyper-V is what's built into Oh, no, no, no. Oh, sure, sure. I'm just saying, Uh like, the VMware equivalent. So Hyper-V is, like, now ships with Windows, and it's sort of, like, embedded in there. And it's it's kind of like if we were to look at the back of a uh, 2012 Techworld magazine, uh, instead of Oracle talking about like why they're faster than IBM chips, Microsoft would be saying like we're faster than VMware to run uh, like a virtualized Linux thing. I think they would probably yep. make that claim, and they would just say, and more importantly, they would just say, hey, if you're a li- if you're a developer and you like enjoy using the the Bash and the Linux tools, you can run them just as fast on Windows now than right, you could right, a, right. a Linux desktop. I don't know that maybe that's a hundred percent true, but like you won't perceive the difference. 
and, and I think again, and, like, why and then are they conceivably, doing this? it's sort of like this all works in Azure, so you can run it on yeah, public cloud. Yeah, and that's the whole that point, stuff. right? I think at the end of the day, this just all goes back to Azure. It's like, hey, you're a developer. We want to give you all the tools and all the access to everything that you like. That's why we put this Linux because you it's not enabled by default, right? You have to be you know, install it and, and turn it on. But like developers will be like, great, now I can use all my stuff. And of course, and with the end goal is put it all in Azure. Right, put all your production mm. stuff in Azure and use your VMs there. So it all oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I mean, it all makes yeah, total like, sense. Build, build the twenty twenty one. They'll be like, and now I'm going to send my IE tab to the cloud. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's actually going to be the end. They're going to have a virtual machine <laughs> running just IE, and just to yeah. your point earlier, Matt, that will be the end of this, right? So. Yep, yep. Mm. I, I, I need, I need some dedicated GPUs. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Well, let, let let's move on to Google I/O. What uh, what yes. do you like from there? Well, Google I/O is very consumer focused, right? So not, I mean, you know, it's not going to stop us from talking about it, but not a lot of enterprise things were 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 coming out of that, um, right? Because they got but, Google Next for all the enterprise stuff, right? Like, yeah, like I/O yeah, is not really so, I/O is. Let me think about this. I/O has never really been an enterprise thing except back in that goofy time of uh google when i was at red monk basically where like they uh they were trying to eliminate the idea of enterprise software and it's just all going to be like (laughs) web 2.0 and whatever yeah well i I mean it worked out for office as it were but uh, other than that not so much well i do i do think the one crossover between like build in itself is interesting because when you look at like kind of the the architecture or whatever you want to call it, the architecture diagram for Microsoft, like, you know, they're talking, they're talking Azure, they're talking games, they're talking Office 365. Like it's its own, like, like Microsoft, the keynote yeah. is just like its own, like weird grouping of stuff that only makes sense to Microsoft. So I know, I think they did do a good job, like dividing that between next, uh, you know, the cloud stuff. But the one place that both of them talked a lot about was voice recognition, right? So mm. in Microsoft's build, uh, is it, Coronado, right? That's their a digital Isn't assistant. Isn't it uh, Cortano? Cortano? Cortano. Be right. Yeah, Cortano. Yeah, there you go. You definitely That's how much do, I use it. You don't want to name yourself after a conquistador. Not yes, cool. that would That would be uh, wrong. <laughs> so they talked a lot about that, and then Google um, obviously came back and did all. And so they both kind of. I, I think this is one area where I, I am. Maybe I'm just tired of these tech conference demos where Microsoft did this whole video where they their big thing was about um, like multi step conversations and they showed this woman like walking around with her phone like walking into uh a, a, like some meeting and she's like you know move my meeting from tomorrow to today and call so and so and have the babysitter stay an extra hour and order a pizza right mm-hmm. and they just have this whole thing that you're just like anyone that has used any of this voice stuff it's like you couldn't even get past step one right like where it would really work all and, right uh, what, what what well let me be the patch face of this again uh-huh. just to interrupt you so I uh, I lost my uh, Apple Air Buds or whatever they're called uh, recently. So I had to uh-huh. buy some new in the Schiphol Airport or Schiphol. I'm sorry, and uh, I got the one the new ones that have like yeah. the new chip with the Hey Siri. And uh, I think my uh, I've given up. Hopefully you two haven't because someone has to champion it. I've given up on multi organization <laughs> uh, meeting scheduling. Like it's just Oof. it's never going to happen. However. The new voice-activated things, the, the the thing of these AirPods is, like, you can just say, like, hey, Siri, and uh, immediately talk to it. And I think the challenge that we have for the next 10 years in voice is it should take much less than 10 seconds to actually pause the podcast that I'm listening to. 
Like it takes a long time to tell those those uh, ear those ear pods. So yeah. whatever it is that Cortana or Cortez or whatever they want to call it can do to like make that happen in less than a second, I think that's the winner. Mm-hmm. They they got to figure. But it I want to go even further. Like I just feel like all of these demos because Google gave a similar one. Like last year they did the reservations, right? And so they kind of yeah. other ideas, and it's like. These canned demos only work in these very, very controlled uh, instances. And like, put aside the uh, voice stuff for a minute. It's like, I'm always like, where do these people work? Because it's like, who doesn't have like multiple calendars? Like, if you say move some appointment, it's like, well, is that a work calendar thing? Or is that my home calendar? Is that my son's school calendar? Like, check my availability. Like, you really, to know if I'm truly available. And it's like, none of these guys, like, and the same thing with like uh, making travel arrangements arrangements like well is that going to go into my business account or my personal account and did you go through if you did my business account did you go through and check with all the business requirements and did you use their system to book it and it's like you know all of this falls down so quickly so i guess my whole point is is much like uh, like maybe 50, 60 years ago, everyone's like, we're gonna have flying cars. Like you look at the Jetsons, the idea is like of the future is a guy driving a flying car. It's like, no, like the idea of the future is an autonomous car that just is on the ground. Right. And I feel like the same thing here with all these assistants, like, I don't even think the use cases have even been revealed what this can actually really help you with. And these, Mm -hmm. I don't know why all these vendors, and it's not just, uh, Microsoft or Google, pretty much all of them do it. They all do this travel thing. It's always like these people just buying tickets willy nilly, like all over the internet, you know, all the time, like a couple thousand dollars on travel here and there. And it's like, no one does this. This isn't even a realistic use case. So like, stop showing this. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just like, does everybody a a disservice in my opinion? Mm. Yeah. Well, 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 last thing on the, on the uh, Google build topic. So augmented reality, is that, is that, is that, uh, is that a thing or just some fucking stupid idea? Did they even show that or was that? Like, yeah, there were two things. Was... They did. Uh, I think Google showed, I guess, a pretty uh, tactical one was like, you know, the idea that when you're using Google Maps and you're like walking around that if you can hold your phone up and it will show the arrows like, mm. in augmented reality. Oh, that's good. So that's that's yeah. like what Yelp so used that, to do like five yeah, years ago. Yeah, and I was ago. like, that one seemed pretty good. And then yeah, the one yeah. that seemed less i don't know it seems like you'll have to try it it's like you at a restaurant they said you could hold it up show the menu and it would highlight like the popular things uh on the Oof. menu like what's the best oh, thing to eat oh so that one i don't know because like anyway that, 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 i that's think a good, yelp is useless that, that's like, a good example how, of uh, i don't know what we call our abstract principle of like multi-organization calendar scheduling pause a podcast or whatever but it's just like you know what would be a good idea if they just had their menus on the internet yeah, let's let's well solve that. Said. Well, hot, I, I, yes. I, I need AI to, to read through Flash and PDFs. Yes, mm. not, can... and not in some hard to read PDF image, right? Something you can't even get to the yes. text. Yep. Oh yeah. my gosh. So yeah. That part uh, was, uh, but OCR. I do got to say, we got to get to the Microsoft because I think this is an important demographic for us. Microsoft at the very very end of build, they previewed the uh, AR based version of uh, of um, oh my, Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft and that and so uh, I was like yeah yeah and so that was like okay like I can see I feel that that's of, good that's good kids that want to try that and they had like the pigs and the and the people running around so oh, I was yeah, like oh yeah. that would be like I was like Minecraft in the real world it's like why not it's everywhere else yeah Miles here here's there. here's my other suggestion and then we'll get to uh, you know our administrative stuff and uh, recommendations so uh, I know Apple has some measurement app but just help me hang pictures on the wall that's all I want. <laughs> 
that that basically is going to ensure that I don't get divorced in the next 20 years. If you can make sure I can hang pictures on the wall, perfect. I I, I would like to pay money for that. So uh, with that, uh, still, uh, August hasn't happened yet. You got August 6th and 7th. You want to go to DevOps Days in Minneapolis. It's going to be good weather there, I think. Maybe. I don't know what the mosquito count is in, in a place like uh, Minneapolis. I think it's in, high. Yeah, in August. Bring some off. Do that. Or stay in those sky bridges. But you want to go to DevOps Days Minneapolis. I don't even know what the agenda is. It's going to be fantastic. You can get $50 off with the code SDT2019. And then uh, I wasn't able to be on last week because I was in Istanbul at a uh, great Spring One tour. Yeah, I had a good time. It was fun. I eventually, at some point, over on Software Defined interviews, I'll post this three-hour interview that I had with Josh Long. It was wow. uh, it was a good time. That you know what that guy is a good person. He is. Uh, you don't encounter like people like him very often. He's a good guy. He's kind of like the Jon Snow of the uh, software development world. Just totally like pure good, very truthful. I like that guy. Uh, but anyways, uh, you should check out some other spring one tours. We've got a bunch in the U S and then, uh, along in the fall, we'll have some over in, uh, Oceana and, uh, down in South America, LATAM, I think they call it. But if you go to, uh, spring one tour.io, you can check those out. And how about yourself, Matt Ray, you popping up anywhere? Uh, right now I'm getting ready for chef conf. It's, uh, just, I don't know, eight, eight or nine days away. Um, you know, so I'll be uh, I'll be in lovely Seattle looking for tacos and uh, doing all my American shopping as well as uh, you know doing the conference thing. You know, when I hear ChefConf from your mouth, Matt Ray, what I think of is how many more of those system wide upgrades are you going to get this year? <laughs> well, I put in for them, so uh, uh, I I don't fly. I, I've got you know big status on american but i don't fly american so um does uh does Qantas go to direct to seattle no no but you go uh, to la i'm guessing and then up to seattle so no 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 no. so i'm i'm flying i'm flying uh american it's just usually when i'm over here in in australia i'm flying to you know tokyo oh i see i see i see but but (laughs) but you fly on your advantage number right oh oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i i get under the lounges um that's all nice but uh but i don't fly american american uh, very often, and so now that I am, I'm, I'm putting in for my system wide upgrades because I get four a year, but I probably fly American twice a year, mm. or you know, three or four times. So my wife will probably get one of those. Uh, uh, sent her first class to a, a wedding in uh, later in the year. Well, but, well uh, listen, you you and I may be off air because we don't have time for this. We got to swap tips on using the system wide upgrades because my sister's got a wedding over there in Oregon. Uh, in July, and I'm trying. I don't really know what I need to be doing to uh, figure that out. But uh, I got to use those EQ. Those system wide things are going to expire in June, so I got to use them. I, I lost one last year. I <sighs> actually donated some to coworkers, and uh, they, they did not get applied. I hear that. So. You, you know what? Let, let me just let me just bookmark this. I mentioned him earlier, <laughs> but I once I once gave James Governor a system wide upgrade so he could fly from. I mean, I think it was Detroit of all places. No, that's not right. Maybe no, no. It was from SeaTac to fly from like Seattle to London. So that guy uh-huh. owes me. I'm gonna call that in at some point. <laughs> that guy owes you. Uh, like... <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, well, Brandon, how's the listener feedback going? 
It's good. A couple quick things here. Uh, Walid from, and I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, or her name. It's uh, from Saudi Arabia. He thanks us for putting on a good show. So I sent him some stickers. And then our old friend, Dominic Wellington, who actually, Kote, you interviewed him a long time ago. Mm. Uh, he just got a new job. So he got a new, he got a, uh, new laptop. And I think he's over at Mongo now. So I sent him a bunch of new stickers. And job of the week here goes to, uh, I think it's Eric Larson. He's... Uh, over at DigitalOcean, and he is hiring a full-stack developer that you can, and it can be remote. So he doesn't have a link, but if you find him in the software-defined talk Slack, he'll give you all the details. So looks like a fun job, DigitalOcean. Mm-hmm. Always, those guys always seem to be having a good time. So, so, so speaking uh, of them, it, it, it sounds like they might have sorted this out, but uh, Superfan Jordy uh, over at Plastic, he was looking for someone to uh, comp some infrastructure to run some sort of test about something. And uh, if, the, if the digital ocean people can't handle it, someone out there should, uh, you know. Yeah, someone help Jordy. Give some credit. That's true. Go check out the, uh, speaking of, you should check out the Software Defined uh, Talk Slack. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, you can join it. And uh, as always, I am uh, astounded at the frequency of people posting in there and uh, having discussions. It's great. I, uh, I enjoy it. It's it's a good times. How how's the uh, the sales of the conference call app going? You know, slow and steady. I think we've uh, settled into a, 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 a small but predictable income stream. So mm, like yeah, it. check it out. Go to uh, sorry, go to sorry, go to quick call, quickconcall dot com, and uh, you know, try out the app. Let me know if it's good or bad. That's right. All right. Well, Brand, I mean not Brandon, Matt Ray. What do you have yes. to recommend this week? Uh, well, uh, I've been home for a few days, so I've been catching up on a lot of TV watching with the wife and, uh, watched season two of Fleabag. Um, if you're like me and you saw, you saw the, the show on, on Amazon, you're like, eh, whatever. And, and passed on it. Uh, go back and watch it. Uh, Fleabag seasons one and two season two, uh, much, uh, even better than the first season. So, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's kind of in my, my favorite category of, uh, uh, comedies about people who are not very nice people. <laughs> that, that, but, that's basically every TV show for the last 20 years, as, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, turns out I'm a big, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge fan and, uh, you know, she's also got uh, Killing Eve, which uh, I'm about to start watching season two of that, and uh, you know, Crashing, which was a, another good series. So uh, check those out. Um, mm. And then um, uh, all this talk about nihilism and uh, you know things to share with your kids. Uh, the the word that I learned this week that I, I really enjoyed is acedia, which um, early uh, early monks thought was uh, one of the uh, seven deadly sins. Um, it's it's the state of uh just it's not quite depression but it's just uh not caring enough to to really uh do much not caring enough about your position in the world to really put in much effort mm. <laughs> you know you know if, as i recall from my college days early monks early christian monks there's a lot of wisdom in there i, I don't know oh, what yeah. happened but at some point some fucking asshole came along and like just sort of ruined the whole like knowledge stream of early monks and then we had the dark ages but if you go back in time and you read like all the early monks and uh, things like that, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening in there. They were really like yeah. sorting shit out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hmm. So it's it's not quite depression, not quite sloth, somewhere in between. So yeah. there you go. Like well, 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 as always, <laughs> uh, you know, nihilism, vastly underrated. 
Like you, you should look into that. Now, now, now let me ask you this. Unless you're our kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should not get to nihilism until in college. Like you don't have the tools to deal with it and take advantage of it. Let, let me ask you this, Matt Ray, and maybe Brandon as well. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm up today on uh, game, game of Thrones. I've been watching oh, it. I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm, so, I'm not going to say anything about that. It's more of a, okay. a meta thing. So how, how should I value and therefore be comfortable with the position that like TV has in my life, right? Like is, should I look at something as uh, like, like game of Thrones as like an important thing or is it just sort of like, you know, bread and uh, gladiators and stuff? Like, is it, I don't think it's important. Mm. Um, Mm. and you know, sorry, uh, super fans, but, uh, and I've, I've read the books. I've watched all the series. I just haven't started the, the, the current season, but, uh, you know, if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. And, you know, we're kind of in, uh, golden television where there's too much to, to consume anyway. Let, let me give you an analogy thing. You ever read that book, uh, all the light we cannot see or you cannot see. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm kind of familiar with, so, with, so, uh, so like that book that feels like an important thing, right? Like th- yep. there's something going on there. So is that analogous to like a game of Thrones or a really good TV show? Who, uh, no. I, I, I guess what I'm asking is like, is this a cultural artifact like, like uh Dickens or something? Well, yeah. So they're 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 kind of different levels of culture, right? Um, you know, you've got your your high culture, your your medium, and your low. And mm-hmm. I think Game of Thrones is firmly in the medium. You know, it, it's it's got a lot going on, so you can't just you know drop in and figure out what's going on. But at the same time, they got boobs. So so so, so basically, um, <laughs> it's it's for our ge- it's the Dallas of our generation is what you're saying. Like, like uh, Dallas is a big maybe, deal, but like no one like, fucking cares anymore. Right. Oh, I don't know. Or, what if you throw it out like Lord of the Rings? Oh, see. Very, oh, very good. Very good. See, yeah. I mean, it feels very simple. You know, I would put it on the same level as Lord of the Rings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, when 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 nerd culture became mainstream, mm. um, that kind of muddied the waters, right? And I don't know. I, I think if you if you go back and try to compare it to the things from when we were kids, it would be the harder like. The slightly more highbrow, yet still a serial sort of yeah, stuff. So I don't know yeah. if Dallas was ever in that camp because you could probably not watch Dallas for a season and still know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, St. Elsewhere maybe or mm. L.A. Law. You know, L.A. Law is probably a good one where they're like, there's a little bit of highbrow stuff in there. You got some, you know, some legal things and they're like, ooh, how are we going to solve this? And then you're like, uh, but there's also people, you know, having and, office and, romance. And then time. way, way below that is Miami Vice. Right, like just like that's that's down there. No, no big deal. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what would be the Miami Vice of now. Uh, that's that's <laughs> with, a good with, question. With, with swords and dragons, uh, um, huh. huh? Maybe one of those Viking shows or motorcycle shows, or maybe like uh, well, what's it called, True Detective? I started watching the new season of that. I don't know. I don't know. They need to mumble I, less. I really enjoyed the first season. Oh, that was so good. That was good stuff. Yeah. 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 And I consider that slightly more highbrow. But I mean, you have McConaughey, right? Like when that guy does a good job, he does a good job. (laughs) And and all the other times, he's McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. All right, Brandon, your recommendation for this week. All right. uh, Two quick ones here. Uh, Planet Money, episode 908, I Am Not a Robot. It's good history of the, uh, was it the CAPTCHA? 
right? Like where it came from, why we all are stuck with it. Um, they talk about how they actually used it to translate books and stuff. So that's good. You should listen to it. It's a cool little history lesson of it. And then the other one I was going to uh, talk about was uh, Overcast, which is, uh, I think, a podcast player on Apple that many of us use. Uh, but they introduced this feature called Clipping. So it is a very dead simple way to clip out uh, a little bit of audio from probably anything, but really from podcasts, and then quickly post it to your favorite social media sites. So Twitter, the, the Facebook, and uh, uh, what is the other one? Instagram, right? So Matt Ray can even see it. So it's really cool, though, but it's it's really well done. It's very simple. So like, if you hear something you think is interesting, uh, you can uh, quickly clip it and, and uh, share it in any one of those formats. So I've seen a lot of people sharing um, you know, all kinds of cool uh, podcast clips. And I think it's just a great way to find uh, learn about podcasts because it's just great. Just hit, you know, just sit in the browser or in your your uh, your iPhone, Twitter client, whatever. Right, you just hit play and you can hear it. So it's really uh, it's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. So so just try it out. Make some clips. I don't know. Make some clips of software defined talk or make some clips of your favorite podcast. And uh, it's cool. Check it out. Mm. Yeah, I, I, Overcast is a that'll make an interesting study of like a good app. It's, uh, there's a lot going on there. Well, one other thing I do think it's, this is Marco Armet. He's the one that created it. And I do think there is a funny thing to like draw a quick parallel. It's like luminary spends a hundred million dollars, uh, trying to like reinvent podcasting and like upsets everyone. And like over the weekend, it seems like Marco Armet's like, Hey, I'm going to figure out this audio sharing problem and pretty much fix it for everyone instantaneously for nothing. So it's like, it was kind of an interesting, and it, it's kind of the difference between like a corporation attacking a problem and a guy that just really likes podcasts is like, I'm going to fix this. So I yeah. think he did a really good job on this one. Yeah. Well, I, I think to combine two things together in the, uh, as they say, the, uh, the, the Merlin universe of podcast, I think, uh, stuff that Marco does is very representative of, of the Syracusean like, uh, life problem, which is like, Oh, I could have done so much good if I just became uh, extremely wealthy in my 20s. So, you know, there's, there's, there, there's a lot of uh, subsidies that go into that. But, yeah, I, I, that, that app is really interesting from a uh, understanding your users and de- design perspective. So my, uh, my recommendation this week, a bit, of, a bit of a homework assignment, if you will, is uh, I was reading uh, some people at the UK uh, GDS, the Digital Service. They they wrote some book about digital transformation. I've been reading through it. It's actually a very fantastic book. It's kind of like the book I wish I had written when I wrote my uh, monolithic transformation book. It's it's great. Uh, and coincidentally, uh, I came across um, I don't know what they're called. You know, when I go up to the United Kingdom, I get my passport stamped, which takes up pages in my passport, which is very annoying. So whatever, like they got to deal with that. Uh, anyways, uh, there's there's a uh, analysis of how the uh, UK verification uh, project has been over budget and over schedule. And it's really good reading. Now, the one flaw in it is they don't actually tell you why it wasn't successful. They just tell you the effects of it not being successful. I think maybe it's because like verifying who you are so that you can get a trusted login is very difficult and onerous. Uh, if you think about it, that kind of makes sense. Anyways, so that is a really good read to like find, um, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, obviously, to look over that. But it's very reminiscent of the sort of like, uh, I'm sure Brandon remembers, the sort of Microsoft hailstorm idea of like, let's have a centralized, like uh, universal identity um, 
what would you call it? It's not authorization, authentication thing. Um, and it is like my theory on a project like the government giving you a universal ID thing, which I think they have in the, the Netherlands. I need to look into this is like there is no ROI on that. It's always going to lose a shit ton of money and be terrible. <laughs> like I, I, I don't think there's any way to be from a um, business perspective. I don't think you can ever be successful with that. However, it is an extremely necessary thing, unless you've got all the fucked up attitudes of Americans. Like, here's the deal with, like, universal identity in America is we're all very paranoid and we do not want, like, uh, the government to, to, to word this in an extremely nuanced way, which is purposeful. We don't want to destroy the illusion that the government knows exactly who the fuck we are. Right. Like we want to like hide behind this illusion of we've got like 50 states in Guam and Portugal and, and uh, you know, all these other places where like they've got these separate IDs and there's no unified ID. But like, really, they know who we are. But like so we can't achieve that over in the U.S. But every other country, I think, has some sort of universal ID scheme. And I don't think there's any profit in it. Like there's no way to be successful with that. Uh, so it is a, it's it's a great read as far as like. Here is a classic enterprise infrastructure software problem uh, that has no hero, right? Like you, you can't really succeed at that. So you should uh, check that out. So as always, uh, thanks for listening. This has been Software Defined Talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 178. You can find a link to that uh, exciting use case of enterprise software, mm, lack of heroism, uh, that you can read several other like there's actually a lot of tech articles we haven't covered in this episode and uh, links to how you can get free stickers you can uh, check out interviews all sorts of things like that you should join our slack channel as mentioned earlier go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash slack it'd be great to see you there you should have fun and if I may you should go buy my book at leanpub.com slash digital WTF and with that we'll see everyone next time bye bye <laughs> <laughs>